coming up. I believe she was targeted. For what reason, I don't know. I mean, I don't have a clue. Who's going to be out at 4 in the morning, full gear, SWAT gear? That doesn't make any sense. For Vault Studios, I'm Will Johnson. You're listening to The Daily Crime. It was April 2016 when a 45-year-old woman entered a church in Midlothian, Texas. Her body was later found inside that church. Yeah, everyone is really anxious to find out exactly what happened at the church. They'll get to the bottom of it, and that's what gives us peace, is knowing that whoever did it, they're going to get caught. I'm so sad about it. Uh, She was doing something she loved. She did it to help people. She's definitely in heaven. She was an angel. She's definitely there. We're going to miss her. I'm joined by Rebecca Lopez at WFAA in Dallas, Texas. She's been covering this case since the very beginning. Let's go back to that early morning of April 2016 when this all happened and what happened to Missy Beavers. Missy Beavers showed up to hold a class for uh, Camp Gladiators. It was a fitness class. And she got to Creekside Church in Midlothian around 4.30 in the morning to get ready for her students. Um, and she was she was just getting ready to you know host this fitness class. And when her students arrived, they were shocked when they walked into the church and they found her body in in this room in the church. And they just they couldn't believe what you know they were seeing, like you know she'd been murdered. And uh, eventually, police determined that. A suspect had broken into the church. There was glass shattered in one a door, uh, kind of towards the side of the church. Um, that person broke in, and at least thirty minutes before Missy got there, and they wandered. There's video of them inside the church, wandering around the church for like thirty minutes um, before Missy comes in. They don't steal anything. They don't take anything. They're opening drawers and opening doors and kind of just walking around the video that we were able to see. And then, and then, and then later on, Missy's found, found dead. Around four in the morning on April 18th, 2016, 45-year-old fitness instructor Missy Beavers walked into Creekside Church in Midlothian to lead a workout. Overnight, surveillance cameras had captured someone dressed in police SWAT gear, but not believed to be a police officer walking the halls. When Beaver's workout group arrived, they found her body. Yeah, the person was dressed in SWAT gear or looked like SWAT gear, but police don't believe it was real SWAT gear because if they, once they zoomed in and they enhanced the video, they realized that the person has like what looked like fatigues, but they really weren't real police fatigues, probably something that you could buy like at an army surplus store. And they had what looked like shin guards underneath to bulk themselves up. And then they had uh, the vest, the bulletproof vest with police on the back and a helmet uh, and gloves. So they didn't leave fingerprints or anything like that, but they definitely wanted to look like they were a SWAT police officer, but obviously it wasn't. A seven-second video captured the mysterious killer with a distinctive walk, roaming around Midlothian's Creekside Church of Christ for a half hour, dressed all in black in police tactical gear, 
and a bulletproof vest. A developing story, police in Midlothian just released this surveillance video of a suspect accused of killing a fitness coach inside a church early this morning. Tonight, even as police still search for her killer, her husband is speaking out, making a very special plea. Brandon Beaver says he wants the public to take a very close look at the video that was released by police from inside that church because he believes that someone will recognize the suspect's very distinctive walk. So what were they able to learn, if anything, from that the video? They were able to learn that the suspect was about 5'8", uh, and they also wanted the the community to take a close look at what the person was wearing to see if maybe they recognized something and also the way the person walked because they walked with like a slight limp and they thought, well, maybe, you know, it's somebody that if they recognize the walk and the way this person's mannerisms are that they'll figure out, you know, who it was. But five years later, they can't even determine if it's a man or a woman, only that the person's about 5'8 of normal weight for somebody that's 5'8. And so they they have no idea. They still can't tell if it's a man or a woman in that video. And Rebecca, what have they said about the cause of death? They've never released that. That's one of those things that they don't want to release. I mean, there have been reports that maybe I've heard one report she was shot, another one that she was bludgeoned, another one that she was stabbed, but police ne never officially released um, some evidence in this case because they want to use it later on to convict somebody uh, if they make an arrest. And at this point, they did not they did not officially release the cause of death. And Missy was married. What can you tell us about her husband? Did police look at him early on as they often do? Yeah, so Missy was married uh, to a man named Brandon Beavers. I just finished interviewing him. And as is always the case in these types of cases, they look at the husband first. He was in Biloxi, Mississippi on a fishing trip. Uh, so they actually one of the Camp Gladiator students called him and said, hey, your wife's been murdered. You need to get back home. So he drove eight hours to get back uh, to his family. They had three beautiful daughters. Missy was a mom and she loved her kids. And by all accounts, she was a really good, devoted mom uh, of these three little girls. And so when Brandon got back, they definitely questioned him and looked, at, uh, looked into him. And they also looked into his father and other family members, but they um, and while police haven't ruled anyone out, I uh, don't believe that they're really looking at him as a viable suspect. This is a little town in Texas. Let's stress that. Midlothian, Texas, outside of Dallas. Tell us about the town. I mean, pretty out of the ordinary for anything like this to happen. It's just a small little town. And in fact, they had not had a murder in more than a decade in Midlothian until Missy was was killed. And I asked the, the police chief, how many murders have y'all had since then? And they've only had like three murders and all of them have been solved except for Missy's. Uh, and so this was very, very unusual for this small town. And the church, it's kind of in the middle of nowhere at the time. There's more traffic now on highway. There's a highway called 67 that runs through there. So there's quite a bit of traffic going by the church, but the church of it in and of itself was in a secluded area, not a lot of businesses or anything around there. So it would have been um, it that they believe and the family now believes that Missy had to have been targeted. Be, and the police, I believe, they've, they've gone down that same path because it, it just... No one is going to walk around and randomly have SWAT gear in their vehicle and then go in and burglarize a church and take nothing. There's a lot of um, split opinions on this case, whether she was targeted or not, whether it was random. Some people see a woman in that video, some people see a man. 
So here we are five years later. What do we know today that we didn't know back then in 2016? You know, police released so much information at the beginning. One of the reasons that I asked the chief, I said, what do you think? Because after he released the video, there were thousands and thousands of tips. They had to bring in FBI agents. Almost every agency in the Dallas-Fort Worth area sent detectives in to go through all of the evidence because there was so much stuff. And you know, they're like, well, the reason that we had to do that was because we didn't have the manpower. It was a little bitty police department. So they, uh, they were there for like over a month going through I mean, just tons of tips. And they released a lot of that information early on because they didn't want the public to think that maybe it was somebody that was really a police officer in police gear and they were trying to hide something. So that's that they released that tape on the on day one. But after they released it because of national attention, they got so many tips. So now today, they have new detectives that have come in, um, some with federal experience. They spend 20 hours a week still treating this as an active case. It's not a cold case for them. They work it like it's still a, 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 an active case. Uh, they have going back and re-interviewing witnesses to make sure they didn't miss anyone. Uh, they just maybe somebody has that one piece of information that's going to lead them to the uh, the killer. And so they've been traveling out of state, re-interviewing people that have moved but were witnesses here initially, uh, just going over it with a fresh set of eyes, hoping that somebody will say something that will lead them to finally solving this case. And they've also put up, uh, they have this billboard that they ref they said they're going to keep up until they catch the killer. And it's um, in Ellis County on that same highway. And they hope that they can get some more reward money. I believe that the reward money is up to $25,000, $50,000. But they're hoping to get more reward money in hopes that maybe that will get somebody to come forward. They think somebody besides the killer knows who the killer is, and they want that person to come forward. Rebecca, this case has gotten national attention, a lot of it having to do with that surveillance video and seeing that suspected killer walking back and forth wearing this SWAT uniform, you must get asked about this one a lot. All the time. People are like, whatever happened to that woman? Did they ever solve it? And even the police chief, when I asked him, are you surprised that you haven't solved this case? He's like, I am very surprised we have not solved this case in five years. We really thought that it would be easier to solve. But because the person dressed the way they did, they left very little physical evidence. In fact, the chief said it was one of the cleanest crime scenes he's ever seen. So it was very clean. Um, and so it was hard. It's hard because there's not a lot of forensic evidence and there's nothing that um, that they can pinpoint that identifies who the killer is. And so I, everyone believes that this case is going to be broken when somebody decides to talk. And, and that's why they just keep going and re-interviewing witnesses. And I asked both the chief and the husband, do you think that this case will be solved? And they're like, yes, 100%. All right, Rebecca, anything else about this case? I know you've recently spoken with Missy's husband and also investigators five years after the murder. Yeah, I just wanted to add one last thing. You know, when I asked Brandon Beavers, um, you know, if there's anything that he remembers most about Missy or he said that the night before she died, um, she called him and she uh, left a message on his phone 
And she had said, I loved you. And he says it, it captured, he says, everything that she was. She was very vibrant and exuberant woman and loved life. And he says, and it epitomized who she was when she left the message. And he says, and that was the one time that he really teared up in the, in the uh, interview. And he said, I just, I just want to remember her like that. All right. Rebecca Lopez at WFAA in Dallas, Texas. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks. Thanks for listening to The Daily Crime. We're here every weekday, Monday through Friday, with new episodes. Be sure to let your friends and family know about The Daily Crime. We'll see you next time. For Vault Studios, I'm Will Johnson.